Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia. It's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bills Mafia, welcome to Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. Matt, with my good friend Anthony Marino for our annual, which should be more frequent, catch up. Anthony, thank you for, for joining us on the uh, on the show. Matt, it is uh, it is great to connect. I know it should be more frequent than it than it is, but I, I do always look forward to our chats and I was excited when you reached out to me to try and find some time so i'm glad that we could hook up here tonight 100 100 and obviously i just want to get first of all i just want to get your view on on the season just gone obviously we've had now a good month and a bit to to actually uh, dwell on it and was that season as you were expecting or were you expecting just a tiny bit bit more on it you know, I mean, the finish was certainly disappointing. I mean, when you think about everything that had taken place, you know, that game against the Bengals, um, it, it was just not the performance that we had expected to see, right? I mean, even if you went mm-hmm. into that game and you ended up losing, I don't think you would have looked at things and said, oh, well, that's you know, that's a tough opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Defending AFC champions. Um, <coughs> the Bills certainly just did not have it on that Sunday. So, while it was disappointing with everything that had taken place, it almost made it a little bit understandable, maybe easier to stomach. The thing that I find interesting though, is when you look to the season before, you know, the bills go 11 and six, they don't face the number of major injuries like they did in 2022. I mean, certainly with Tredavious white, but then they catch fire in the two playoff games and you have people feeling like, Oh my gosh, if, you know, they just took care of 13 seconds. They definitely would have be- beaten the Bengals and they would have won the Super Bowl, which for me, I've been around long enough that I, you know, I, I could never say something like that. But again, it was an 11 and six season, right? We think to just like a horrible loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, some weeks where the offense was just really sputtering in the second half of the season. Then you fast forward to 2022, the team goes 13 and three. The three losses, I mean, it, at least the, you know, definitely the Vikings loss, you could say mm-hmm. the Bills should have won that game. You know, on as far as a record goes, the team did better. But then you deal with all those injuries that took place. And it certainly was a bit more of a difficult season. Right now, I think a lot of Bills fans are just a little bit down in the dumps because of the way things ended. And I think as we get further away from that loss to the Bengals, as free agency mm-hmm. sort of takes a little bit more shape and things get closer to the season, I think fans will feel all right. But for myself, I'm doing okay with it. Good. I mean, it, it's good what was coming up. Obviously, the new league season started, well, technically two days ago with the uh, with the legal tampering and all that. But officially, today as we're recording, the, league, the official new league season's underway. And I think it's time for most Bills fans to be happy, be sad, be angry, throw stuff at windows and walls with uh, with rumours and all that. And I think we'll have to start with probably the two biggest news on there is Edmonds and, and Poya. Obviously, one left, one go. Was it the way you saw it? Did you think it would be Edmonds staying and Poya going or... Yeah, I thought it would have been flip-flopped, right? I, I really looked at things and thought to myself... 
right? Tremaine Edmonds, still only 24 years old. You could say, listen, making a four or five year investment in him as a player, his best football is probably still ahead of him. Whatever cliche you want to to pull from this, um, and really being a you know a centerpiece of of the defense, right? With Edmonds and Matt Milano and how important those two guys were to the team. And just with some of the comments from Jordan Poyer, I certainly thought that, you know, maybe he realized his, his time was up, you know, maybe he wasn't going to get what he was looking for. Uh, You know, we know he lives most of the year down in the Florida area. So listen, if he did go to the dolphins, there would have been no hard feelings. Like everyone says it is a business and, if they were going to make him an offer, that's where my head was at. So certainly when Tremaine Edmonds went to the Bears, I mean, hey, you know, good for you. Four years, $72 million, $50 million guaranteed. That's a pretty rich contract. So, you know, when you saw that, I do feel like there were a lot of fans online that were freaking out a little bit, right? That traditional yeah. early phase of free agency, like, you know, one of the bills going to do something or this or that, just really reacting and being impatient. Mm. And then you look at things today and all of a sudden the news hits with Jordan Poyer and you see some of those same folks are just absolutely <laughs> elated, right? It is a roller coaster of a, whatever you want to call it, 48 hours for folks since free yeah. agency started. Um, so I did not see it that way, but I was, um, I'm excited to see Jordan Poyer back. I actually talked about it on my show um, a couple of weeks ago saying that, you know, I was expecting it, but I wasn't ready for it as a fan mm. um, because he has been so important to the Bills. And just to think that at least for another season that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde will be back in Buffalo, that's something to be excited about. Oh, yeah, I think. And you've got Trey White coming back now as um, fit. You've got Elam who's had – who's come out of the shell a lot more and actually should have actually had a lot more games last year, but – We'll leave that to McDermott to decide the coaching on there. But I think I think I'm I was in the other bow. I think if I had the choice of the two, I would actually let um Edmund walk. Only because he's not the last cup only really last year in his um contract year did he actually really explode, explode, and actually start actually getting talked about much during um, yeah. during games. Previous to that, it was a case of finding his feet, being a bit slow. But you've got Milano, who seems to now be the the lynch, the kingpin, if you want to put it that way, of that um, of that defense. And you can fit, even if you want to fit like a like a, a veteran in for at least a season, so you can get either Bernard um, Dodson or draft a linebacker to get up there. I think having that secondary intact, pretty much, is probably the most important thing to me because it's continuity, then you won't have to worry about Hamlin if he does come back, which, fingers crossed, he will. You don't have to worry about actually learning new schemes, trying to get new players in yeah. to do that, even though there's talk of Benford going to safety, Cam Lewis can play there, obviously got Jaquan Johnson. Having that familiarity and key at the back, in the backfield, especially when you look at potentially Aaron Rodgers coming into the division, Obviously, Hill, Waddle, and all that that you want to make he make that fortified more than than the linebacker core, which you can get a plug and play in there. Well, and I think at linebacker it's going to be interesting. And I do feel that when people were 
reacting to the Edmonds news. Again, a big part of that because many were resigned to the fact and thinking that Jordan Poyer would be gone, right? So it wasn't just mm -hmm. like, hey, you're going to have this one hole to fill, but now you've got two. And, you know, as we said, too, I mean, this is just, you know, really the official start of free agency. There are still plenty of players that are out there to be signed and find homes. I mean, will the Bills go into training camp with, you know, someone like a Terrell Dodson or a Terrell Bernard is really, you know, competing for that spot vacated by by Tremaine Edmonds. I would be shocked if that was the case. Um, of course, mm -hmm. maybe they do something in the draft, but uh, I think there's still more work to be done in free agency, and I wouldn't be surprised if the team ended up making a move. I don't have a favorite that, you know, comes into that part of the conversation or, you know, who I think would be the, the best fit to replace uh, Tremaine Edmonds, but – I would not be surprised if, if something takes place soon enough. Yeah, I think there are there are some options in, in free agency, which we'll talk about a little bit more with, with targets and all that. But obviously, the Bills did make a, um, a signing. Uh, they'd go in Connor McGovern, and I will put my hands up and admit, I thought that was the um, the Jets center, not the, uh, not the Cowboys guard uh, on that one. I'm thinking... Shit, we got that much money on a uh, on a center yeah. that's twenty nine and didn't play very well for the Jets. But we go for a younger guard, and I mean, there were some that actually do like this, some that don't. But I think it's more of a, I think it's a good little piece of um piece of signing. And I've spoken to a couple of my um Dallas uh, Dallas friends, um, especially UK. And they say that he is he's a good guy. He just needs a little bit of work on the um, on the consistency. Yeah, and it's interesting because, right, I mean, here's a guy that was a third-round pick out of Penn State, highly regarded coming out of the draft, um, and then gets hurt before his rookie season. And I think, you know, any time that that takes place, you know, that first season, you talk about learning curves, making an adjustment to the NFL, that is tough. And I, listen, I'm not going to pretend to to look at things and say, oh, yeah, I knew exactly who Connor McGovern was before yesterday. As, as you noted, I thought at first reaction, it was the Connor McGovern that that played for the Jets. Now, you look at a three year deal around twenty three million. The specifics came out today. Um, it's a pretty team friendly deal. Right. When you look at some incentives and guarantees, nothing too bad for the bills there. But here is a highly athletic guard right, that tested well, kind of fits that mold that the Bills look for, has some flexibility, can play either guard spot, can play center. Um, and as you said, he's he's young, right, still in his mid-20s. So you mm. talk about that type of an investment, that's a pretty modest contract to get someone to come in as a starter. And I think we can all say like, hey, maybe you want to add some competition at right tackle or some more depth. But at least going into the year, if that is your starting five, I would argue that's an above average starting offensive line in the NFL. Maybe not by a ton, right? Maybe we're talking yeah. about top 15, something along those lines. But I'm okay with that because you don't want to have any glaring holes. The team addressed it in the first day of free agency. And uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to just be like, hey, and Brandon Bean, I trust and just make it sound like blind faith. But you know, you you listen to some of the other experts, you see different pieces, appears that he is better as a pass blocker than a run blocker. Well, mm. for the Bills, that's probably more of a priority right now anyway. So 
until I have reason to think otherwise, I'm good. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's what they need to do. They need to I think this O line they need to protect Allen a lot more. Obviously, we'd love would love to get a balance on the offense and have a decent run game to go with it. But obviously, keeping Josh healthy and we see that's what the Chiefs have done in the last couple of years. Ashiem built that O line around to protect Mahomes. And you kind of think that is the blueprint that most teams, especially ones with these franchise quarterbacks, should really be doing. But it seems like what what the Bills are trying to what the Bills had tried to do was actually beat the weakness, which then turned into a strength of the of at least the Chiefs to say the least. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what other moves they make. I mean and again, we've seen things in the past, right? Two years ago, you draft Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. You know, kind of the jury's still out there. I mean, of course, making a major investment to bring in uh, Mitch Morris. The interesting thing is when you talk about McGovern and uh, Joe Marino from Locked On Bills had shared the uh, the scouting write-up from Lance Zierlein at NFL.com on McGovern when he was coming out of the draft. And his NFL comparison was Roger Saffold which I thought was really interesting. And of course, you know, not the Roger Saffold that, you know, at 34 years old last year is, is not the same caliber of player that he was before. But you know, if you look at that type of a trajectory and see, you know, multiple time pro bowler and uh, all pro performer in the past, if McGovern can be anything close to that, then it's a great signing for the bills. Yeah. And then today we've got um which I think confused a fair few people when his name was actually uh, mentioned. Um, Deontay Harty, i.e. Deontay Harris, yes. of the um, wide receiver from the um, from the Saints. Um, I mean, I, as much as I like that, I, I don't I don't know what to make of it. I think it's more. Is it? I kind of say it's more depth. And that could mean because he's a punt returner. I don't know if he's a kick returner as well, but is there with that one? Is there like what's the best word? Like hidden hidden agenda or something that we know that could be happening or developing in the off season? Well, it's interesting to see what happens. And again, this is a player that most fans, myself included, were not truly familiar with when the mm. signing was announced. And I think for many, there was sticker shock. You see a two-year deal worth up to, and up to are the most important words here, right? $13.5 million. So for many folks, it's like, wait a second, you're paying a guy $7 million a year that I've never heard of before. What is What is happening here? Now, then the details come out, right? I mean, it's basically a one-year contract for $5 million with a bunch of incentives that take place like listen if Deontay earns the 13.5 million dollars that means the Bills won the Super Bowl he was a pro bowler he was named all pro and you know he played 50 percent of the time and had like 50 receptions if all those things happen I will like drive the check to his house like it's that <laughs> that good of a of a scenario um but we've seen with the Bills in the past right like getting that player of almost um 
someone online had compared him to to Dante Hall, the former Kansas City Chiefs, you know, just dynamic kick returner. Um, what do they call him? Like the joystick, right? Just kind of the yeah. move that he could make yards after the catch. Once he gets the ball in his hands can certainly be dangerous. Um, and maybe with Hardy, you know, it's a little bit of, does this guy have the potential to be an upgrade from Isaiah McKenzie? at least based on the commitment that the team has made, his size, his speed, what he can be. To me, that was the part that was the most telling as I looked at it, um, but it will remain to be seen. I think part of the trepidation from fans too, when they say like, yeah, yards after the catch, screen passes, being creative, like is Ken Dorsey up to that task? You know, And I think you have to look at things and say, listen, for any first-year play caller as an offensive coordinator, there has to be an expectation that they will get better from year one to year two. Yeah. Right. Your first time being in that position, whether you're a, a skill position player, a coach, a coordinator, again, whatever it is. Um, so I wouldn't look at it and just say, Hey, here on March 15th, the bills add this offensive weapon that they can get creative with. And, you know, Oh, Ken Dorsey's not going to know what to do with them. You, you can't go in with that, that kind of thinking right now. Again, I think we're, a little bit, you know, scarred from the the end of the season still until we can can move forward there. So yeah. um, I'm I'm curious about this one. I'll, I'll say like cautiously optimistic. The thing I'll say that's positive is um, the athletic football podcast. Um, Tice and Robert Mays, they were raving about this signing for the Bills. You looked at guys mm -hmm. like Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. He thought this was a perfect fit for him to be coming to the Bills. Um, on the Extra Point show on WGR earlier today, Sal Capaccio and Joe DiBiase had a beat reporter from the Saints, and, and he raved about the, the player that Hardy is, the person that he is, and what the Bills might be able to do with him. So here are you know a group of people that are paid to know what this player can mm -hmm. be, how he would be a fit, and on the first official day of free agency – they are raving about it. It's like, listen, um, like not to sound bad, I throw myself in this category, right? You know, the guys on social media that, you know, love to talk about the team, but we don't know all these ins and outs. I'm going to value those opinions more than, you know, <laughs> some of the chuckleheads yeah. that I, you know, that I run with on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. And I've just picked up, um, obviously cover one did a little bit, but a comparison of the stats versus man coverage from the last three seasons um, with amongst every single wide receiver with 75 total targets. Obviously, his yards per route run was 2.47, which was eighth. Yards after the catch per reception was 8.29 first. Yards after, yards after catch percentage, or the percentage that yards come after the catch, 56% second. And obviously, the EPA target, 1.18 first. So... We've got a guy there, and he's what six five six, isn't he? Five, yeah, six, yeah five, he's seven. like five five foot seven. I mean, he is not he is not big. So I think it. I think it's more. It's going to be more of slot guy, but then and then obviously this makes you think: Where does Isaiah McKenzie come into this? Are they going to? Are they? Is it the end for Little Dirty in um, in Buffalo? Well, you know, and you go through with a lot of that, and I'd, I'd like to say no, right? You think to the 2021 season where you had Emmanuel Sanders, you had Cole Beasley, obviously Isaiah McKenzie 
Gabe Davis, <clears throat> Stefan Diggs. You know, I, I think for what he brings to the team as a, a positive locker room presence, a guy that we have seen, you know, I'll say flash, right? Not the most consistent, but we've certainly seen him have some very productive games um, when called upon. I would hope there's still a place for him, but I also don't think the Bills are done yet. And it might come down to those numbers of saying, well, are you going to keep six wide receivers or not? Is it, you know, how do things truly play out? Because I'll admit too, I, I think I would like to see more of Khalil Shakir this upcoming season. I think many Bills fans would. So, you know, is Deontay Hardy really going to end up being that primary slot player? Or is Khalil Shakir going to be that slot player with, you know, maybe Deontay Hardy being that that gadget player and Isaiah mm -hmm. McKenzie being some some additional depth. So we will have to see. And, you know, again, we know these guys don't bring too much on special teams outside of kick returning either. So uh, that will certainly be something to watch once we get to training camp. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we, we'll talk about, um, obviously, free agents' wish list um, in a minute. Obviously, the Bills now have managed to get themselves under the um, under the cap with the restructure of um, of Allen and Von Miller and now, obviously, Stefan Diggs. And there is still more, isn't there, out there that the Bills could do to at least get a bit more. I think now with that hearty signing, then what, now just under, just over 10, just under 10? Probably under the um, under the cap, but there's still a load more moves that they could see. And do you see them putting the trigger on those within the next next few weeks? Well, they definitely have some more flexibility with some moves that they can make. They can do some restructures for Deion Dawkins, for Tre'Davious White, even Ryan Bates could free up. I think almost three million dollars for them if they look to move things around. So. The last number I saw, I think, had their availability around $19 million. That was without um, knowing the specifics for Jordan Poyer, but including some projections for what his salary would be. So I do mm -hmm. feel confident that the team can make, let's call it just another big move. When I say big, yeah. right, like maybe if you're going to, you know, sign someone at $10 million a season or or above. So uh, they have the space that they do that they can do it. They have additional pieces they can move around. So, and again, I keep looking to last season. We thought there was no way that they could do something like sign Von Miller, and then they did. So, yeah, um, you know, it's like I I, I don't want to uh, just always be you know overly optimistic, but I think if they need to, they'll figure it out. Yeah, and we've got obviously we've got being after being after dark for the next. Uh, Next few weeks, at least. Sunset's so, um, here in about forty minutes, so uh, it's almost it's almost time. It's almost time. It's start, everyone start the uh, start the chance. Get the chance. Get everything going. Let's make sure he actually uh, he gets out and actually uh, pulls off some some master strokes. Fingers crossed. Always. So let's let's go on. Let's go your personal. Obviously, not what most Bills fans want. What's your personal wish list on who you want the Bills to at least try and go after on Max? Uh, I you know what? And and some uh some folks I go really against the grain on this. My buddy Bruce Nolan uh hates when I do this. But for me, I would like the Bills to get that marquee 
stud running back. And I mean stud running back. Like this is not no disrespect to some of the guys in, you know, the mid-tier type of things. Like, hey, if they bring back a Devin Singletary, if you're saying maybe James Cook can be that guy, I'm talking about going out and trading for Derrick Henry. The Tennessee Titans are in rebuild mode. They have ripped things down to the studs. They got, you know, released Taylor Lewan, Ben Powers, um, Robert Woods. They have just been making cuts after cuts after cuts. So as I look at things and think to myself, here's a guy with one year left on his contract, just over $10 million. Um, make that run at what I consider to be the best running back in football. Um, if you want to keep defenses truly on their toes, we have seen that he can catch the ball out of the backfield over 30 receptions this past season. Um, but if he lines up, there truly will not be any sort of a tell for what the Bills are going to do on offense. And, and listen, yeah. as I go through with these pieces, it's not just a um, – I don't throw these things out there of just like playing fantasy football. And usually a lot of times I'm not the – smartest guy when it comes to talking about football, but I do a pretty good job at listening to the smart guys that talk about football. Um, like years in the past, you know, Hey, if Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay and Peter Schrager and Joe Biscaglia are saying that they think the bills are going to take a running back in the first round of the draft. Okay. Well that's throwing some gasoline on the fire that I can get behind. Cause those are four guys that do this 24 hours a day um, yeah. earlier today. It was Rich Eisen from the NFL Network who said on his show, he's like, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, pick up the phone and call the Tennessee Titans. Give them a call. Not Austin Eckler, right? Call the Tennessee Titans and see what it's going to cost. Is it going to cost a second-round pick? And if it is, I know so many fans, they love to hold on to draft picks, and I get it. The draft is fun. It's exciting to go through and do the mocks and see these new young players come in. But if it's a second-round pick, I cannot name one second-round pick for the Buffalo Bills in recent memory that I would say, like, oh, no, we can't trade this pick away because of Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, James Cook, Cody Ford, Zay Jones. Like, mm. you know, sure, you can look at it and say, I, you know, I wouldn't want to miss out on a Deion Dawkins. Like, Deion's fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong. But – if you look at a sure thing in someone like Derrick Henry, even if he only has two years left, if you are playing to win a Super Bowl, I want that guy on my team. So when you talk about a dream, that is uh that's my dream. How about how about Ezekiel Elliott? He's apparently he's likely Cowboys are likely to move on. He's going to be a free agent. Would yeah. you still trade for Henry, or would you now try and put all your eggs in the basket and actually? get Elliot in there because obviously there was Delvin Cook comparing talks on a on a potential trade with him. Would it be would it be just now putting your eggs in the basket with um with Elliot now becoming a um a free agent? Yeah, for me it would not be Ezekiel Elliott. And I I say that, I mean he's still young enough, just you know, 27 years old, but there's been enough off the field things that sort of have you scratching your head. And to be honest, I just do not feel like he has been a great football player these past couple of seasons. I mean, that is a contract that has been so scrutinized and he has just not lived up to it. I would contend. I don't know if he's, in, you know, committed to the game after getting that type of a of a payday. So for me, that would be a that would be a pass uh, again, certainly some 
some guys smarter than me came out today and said, you know, there would be no harm in this. I think it was Matt Miller from ESPN was the first one to say it. Uh, but for me right now, it would be a pass. If, if, if I'm fixated on something, it's going to be Derrick Henry. That's fair. And any, any particular position now we're actually, um, now we've officially started that you think, obviously apart from linebacker, because probably, well, we can talk about linebacker as well, but do you think the Bills desperate should need to, to address before, before the draft and then go potentially best player available in the, um, in the draft? Yeah. And it's nothing too exciting. I mean, you said linebacker is certainly the, the obvious one, some more depth along the offensive line, um, maybe to bring in some competition from Spencer Brown. I think the team is more committed to him than maybe some of the fans are, but you still need some depth behind that starting five uh, mm. with some of the guys that you had signed last year on those one-year deals. Something I would say a little bit of a dark horse, and you know we've talked about it a bit as it comes down to the draft, and it's certainly a deep draft in this position and in free agency in some ways, but does the team look to do something else at tight end? And that does yeah. is no indictment on Dawson Knox in any way, shape, or form, but does the tight end end up being more 12 personnel sets for the Bills? Do you bring in someone like a Mike Gusecki who can, you know, certainly um, be productive as a pass catcher, you know, maybe a little bit of work to be done as a, as a blocker, but there are a number of free agent tight ends. That's the first one that comes to mind. You know, we've seen the team um, right in the past do some things with Tyler Croft and do some things mm. with um, OJ Howard last year where, you know, you're thinking to yourself, okay, are they going to try something that maybe we haven't seen them done in the, you know, in the Bean and McDermott era before? And uh, again, it was Joe Marino who brought up, you know, for Ken Dorsey when he was on the staff in California, was when they had, or Carolina, not California, um, <laughs> when they had, uh, hey, put Greg, Carolina in it. they had, uh, Greg Olson and Jeremy Shockey, right. And they mm. would, they would roll out a lot of 12 personnel. And is that something that the bills can do and what they look at? So I wouldn't call it a priority, but it would be interesting to see if they did something at, at tight end, uh, again, in, in these early stages of free agency. Yeah, I think, and I think as much as people will probably say look to the draft for this, I think also you are looking at obviously offensive tackle a little bit. I mean, they're happy with with um, Spencer Brown, it seems, at, at right tackle. But there are a few names um, tackle-wise that are available. And I mean, even look at, even if you develop someone through the draft, look at a centre to actually back up Morse. I mean, at the moment, I don't think we've got a backup centre now because it was Van Royten who's a free agent. Obviously, Bates can do it, but if you're going to have him mainly as your as your guard, I don't think at the moment, unless, it's, unless we've got Greg Manx, they can actually play centre, maybe roll the dice on on one of the centres, like Billy Price or, or Ethan Pothick or Austin Blythe even. Yeah, I mean, and we have seen the team, and I don't want to say take flyers, right, but sign guys for like one-year deals around $2 million, right? We saw it with David Questenberry last year at like 1.25. In the past, they struck gold with Daryl Williams, right, to get a starting right tackle 
on a one-year $2.5 million cap hit. I mean, I think they will take some of those swings along the offensive line too to say, hey, here's some guys, maybe it's just above the minimum, but let's bring them in and give them a shot. Brendan Bean has really excelled at that. Now, it hasn't given you the stability that you might want or sometimes if somebody goes down, but um, I would not be surprised there. And on the flip side too, I mean, we really haven't talked about the defensive line. And mm. um, I know many say like, listen, the team has put so many assets into the defensive line, like do something else. But, you know, right now Shaq Lawson is still a uh, unrestricted free agent. You've got AJ Epinesa in the final year um, of his contract. Um, Tim Settle did a little bit of a restructure, but this is the last year on his deal at Oliver playing on the fifth year option. And Daquan Jones is playing in year two of his second year um, of a two year contract. And that doesn't even take into account Jordan Phillips, who's also an unrestricted free agent. So, uh, it, you know, it's 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 easy for me to look at the offensive side of the ball and to have been so focused on Edmonds and Poyer. But um, if history tells us anything, there will probably be something taking place on the defensive line. Well, the one the one position we definitely don't have to worry about is backup quarterback because I've got I've actually got Tweet Deck actually up at the moment and. Apparently the Bills are signing um, former Texan quarterback Carl Allen. So that is happening? You said that's happening. Ian Rappaport has actually um, come out and said it. And it's the blue tick Ian Rappaport that actually okay. sheet went on there. So Carl Allen's coming to back up um, back up Josh Allen. So, well, and and I don't think that was too much of a surprise, right? We've seen um, Kyle Allen with Josh Allen, um, whatever golf event it was. Not too long back, um, Kyle was with Josh when um, they met Tiger Woods. Um, I think Kyle Allen has caddied for Josh Allen at different pro-am events that he's participated at in the past. So I think with a lot of that, you know, Josh Allen, I mean, he's not a, you know, Aaron Rodgers playing a secondary GM to to you know, the, the front office in any way, shape or form. But when you talk about who's going to be in that quarterback room with him, you have to imagine that that Josh had some say with Matt Barkley coming back and now for Kyle Allen to join the Bills. Um, that certainly makes sense. And look at you with some breaking news during the show. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Take my I take it I take it off of your um off of your podcast name, Breaking Buffalo Rumbling. So well listen, I've got Twitter open off to the side, and every so often I take a peek over here just to <laughs> To look, I want to be focused on the conversation, but if something hit, so you certainly yeah. uh, you beat me to the punch there. That's all right. I'm I'm glad about that. I've always wanted to try and actually break some news on there. Obviously, when people listen to it, it's not really going to be breaking news. But hey, for the people that are listening in a minute that haven't seen the news, it's breaking news. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fun to get that genuine reaction. So yes, yes. Um, obviously. We talk bills. Let's just talk briefly about obviously the Jets and the Dolphins. Obviously, Patriots. Who knows what they're going to make moves wise? But Jets and Dolphins have made a bit of a, a bit of a splash. It seems this season. I mean, people were starting to say they're they're worried that the Bills have become the third best team in the AFC East. Does it worry you the fact that? Um, Rogers probably will be going to the Jets if they can arrange the um the trade. Obviously, 
what Jalen Ramsey going to the Dolphins, does that really phase you as as much as some people say? And there's one person in our group chat who said the Bills have officially got worse than last year. You know, <laughs> listen, I, I will say this, and maybe it just comes with uh, the gray hairs on my head. You know, like I've, I've seen enough and it is also at this phase, it's like I can accept the fact that like, hey, the, Buffalo Bills are a great football team, and that is a lot of fun, right? I mean, going through years where it had to be any heartbreaking loss, anything where it's like, oh, my gosh, if just, uh, you know, that interception didn't bounce off Drayton Florence's step, or if this one caught this one pass or this happened or that happened, like you don't have to live and die on every little thing that takes place. Um, mm. And, yeah, these other teams are playing catch-up. But there was no part of me that looked at this and said, um, oh, no, I feel like the Bills have been surpassed. Um, yes. For Jalen Ramsey to go to the Dolphins, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think when you look at the return that he got, you could argue that's a player that's in decline. And he's had a fantastic um, career and what he's done, and he might still have some really good football ahead of him. But um, every time that Josh Allen has played against him, he has played incredibly well, and uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. When you take a look at what's happening with um, with the Jets, um, and this one's tough, and I say that because I'm usually sympathetic towards Jets fans, right? I mean, living in upstate New York, um, I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans. So you've always kind of been able to commiserate in that searching mm-hmm. for a quarterback. And heck, you know, we got we got fortunate in getting Josh Allen. I thought Sam Darnold was going to be a good one. That didn't work out. It doesn't even get into the whole Zach Wilson piece, Mark Sanchez, any of the things in the past. So there's always been that soft spot spot that I had for the Jets and their fans. But just this whole piece with Aaron Rodgers, you just kind of are like, one, I'm not intimidated by it, and that's no disrespect to him. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, has had a fantastic career, four MVPs, you name it. But he's not the quarterback that he was two seasons ago. And even when he was on with Pat McAfee earlier in the day saying like, listen, I was 90% sure I was going to retire that, you know, unless he's just full of it, but I mean, that's something emotionally when you're talking about hanging it up, there's a reason like he does not want to take the hits anymore. He is not the same player that he was. And again, maybe he gets rejuvenated being in a new market. I don't think so. And him bringing all of his, you know, wanting to bring Randall Cobb to the Jets and Mercedes mm. Lewis to the Jets. It's like you always complained about the weapons that you didn't have in Green Bay. And now you're taking yeah. the same, you know, and, and hey, these guys are professionals. They've had nice careers. It's not disparaging them, but like, hey, how about you get in and spend some time getting to work with the, you know, the guys that are on the roster and not worry about playing general manager. And if you yeah, want to exactly. go play for the Jets, trust their front office and what they're doing. So um, I just don't know how he's going to deal with the media. I don't know how he's going to be as a player, Um, but I'm like, I'm ready for those, those games against the jets, right? That gives it some, some extra juice. And I certainly hope that the bills uh, put it on. Yeah. I think, I think the one thing I think he's the jets need to do. And I think, they, I mean, don't get me wrong. They've got they've got a stingy defense. So, oh, so totally. Miami, they've both got stingy defenses. But 
with the Jets and my feeling, it's the it's the offensive line that really they need to prioritize more because if they do that, even if they don't do that, I mean, who's really blocking them? That's going to give them a bit of going to keep Rogers upright. I mean, they could barely keep Zach Wilson upright. They could barely keep any of the um the other quarterbacks they've had upright, and then they have. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and he's probably going to get fed up when everyone just keeps rushing, when Russo, Von Miller actually get to him. And he's there screaming at his, um, his offensive line for not, not protecting him, where he just wanted the, wanted the targets, which I think would then have a detrimental effect, I think, on, um, on Garrett Wilson, who was a, good, who was a great signing for the, um, for the Jets last year. Well, and I think the 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 most interesting thing that's going to come down, and at least as of now, whatever they're going to end up having to trade to get him, right, is, and I think that's part of it too. I mean, you'd have to think, like, who has the leverage here? I mm. mean, the Jets have no other choice but to go with Rodgers right now. Green Bay has made it clear that they don't want him anymore. Rodgers has mm. made it clear he wants to go to the Jets. Um I'm just curious how much he has left, you know, and if you're going to trade the 13th overall pick to bring him in and he's basically going to play just one season and you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Is that worth it versus some of the other players that you could have gone out and gotten? I'm certainly not saying that um, David Carr is as good as um, Aaron Rodgers and what he was as a player, but at this stage in his career, well, could you have signed him as a free agent, use that first round draft pick or whatever assets you would have had to use to get, you know, to get him? I don't know. Right. Like you just. Um, it, it will be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think I think with with them, they I, if I was the Jets and I know that you're probably going to have to give up a fair few amount of picks on there, you would probably would have just probably thrown your hand to the ring for say Lamar Jackson because you've got obviously you have cap space you can actually develop him and have him a lot longer than potentially one season with um with Rodgers if they don't if they don't even get close to taking the AFC East or get into the playoffs is he really going to want to stay another season and then you've lost those multiple high picks for him yeah it is, it is going to come down to what the cost is. And again, if the leverage has been lost and it's a second round pick, then it's like, okay, no, no big deal there that comes to it. But uh, it is going to make them an interesting story this season. I am sure the Jets are going to get more primetime games than any of us care to watch. Mm. Uh, and I guess that at least one of them will be against the Bills, which I would not be a surprise. Yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you ever so much for, for coming on the show for our annual chat, which, as I say, is going to be more frequent rather than annual. <laughs> where where can um, our listeners actually um, find you and obviously your show itself on the, um, on the Buffalo Rumblings um, podcast network? No, thank you, Matt. It's always, uh, it's always fun. And you guys, you can find my my work at buffalorumblings.com. Um, just search Buffalo Rumblings anywhere you get your podcast. You can subscribe, get our entire lineup, and you can find me on Twitter at Ant Marino. Um, always kind of checking in there. Free agency week, have a little bit more 
more fun with folks. And uh, trust me, if the Bills trade for Derrick Henry, you will be able to find me pretty easily. So uh, I do appreciate you having me on, though. We do have to do this a little bit more regularly. Yeah, we've got we've got a draft coming up, so might do a might come on for the draft. Let's do it two, two times in a month. How about that? I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> no, Anthony, thank you ever so much for for joining us on the show, and to everyone, thank you for listening. And for me and Anthony, it's let's go Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, no, no. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.